Welcome. You're listening to episode one of What Do You Say Anime. I'm one of your hosts, Adam Baum, the Fatal Otaku, and joining me is the other half of What Do You Say Anime, Peter. On today's episode, we will discuss the summer 2019 anime lineup, the recent changes to Neon Genesis Evangelion by Netflix, answer questions from the community, and detail our future plans for the podcast itself. Before we get into things, we at What Do You Say Anime just want to stress that since this is a discussion-based podcast, mature language and spoilers may and will be present, so viewer discretion is advised. Now, with spoiler warnings out of the way, I'm going to throw it over to my co-host Peter to kick things off. My name's Adam. I'm 29 years old, and I'm from Minnesota. I've been an anime fan since I was a young kid. I grew up watching shows like Pokemon, DBZ, Sailor Moon, and Yu-Gi-Oh! before and after school. Besides watching anime, I'm also a fan of American football, baseball, and wrestling. I collect JRPGs, and I'm a big gamer as well. I'm really thankful for Peter for doing this podcast with me. It's been something I've been wanting to do for a while, but didn't really want to go on this adventure all by myself. I hope we can bring entertainment to everyone listening and help people discover shows that they might have missed. My favorite genres are romance, isekai, and anything that'll give me feels. And so with that, I'm going to let you know my top five anime are Anohana, Death Note, Gurren Lagann, Toradora, and Yu Yu Hakusho. Hey everyone listening, my name is Peter and I'm very excited to be here talking anime with Adam. This podcast will include our thoughts and reviews of shows, along with taking input and questions from the community to make one hell of a podcast. Personally, I enjoy all genres of anime and love to discuss why I watch with others, which is one reason why I wanted to start this podcast. A little about me, my current top 5 anime of all time. Number 5 is Mob Cycle 100. Number 4, Hunter Hunter. Number 3, Konosuba. Number two, Toradora, and number one, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. And now let's kick things off. Today our main event will be previewing the upcoming 2019 summer season. What I will be watching, what Ab will be watching, and what we both will be watching. First up, we have Violin Saga from Wit Studio. It is the studio that is currently doing the current Attack on Titan season. Violin Saga, for a thousand years the Vikings have made quite a name and reputation for themselves as the strongest families with a thirst for violence. Thorfinn, the son of one of the Vikings' greatest warriors, spends his boyhood in a battlefield, enhancing his skills and adventure to redeem the most desired revenge after his father was murdered. Now for me, this is Vikings the anime, so it makes me very excited. We're going to see a lot of violence. Uh, Probably a really good revenge story. I know the manga is one of the highest rated manga of all time. So I'm very looking forward to seeing this uh, show made by a great studio. Alright, so the first one I'm going to be watching is actually a short. It's called Magical Senpai. And the synopsis is, Our MC finds out that his school requires him to join a club, and during his reluctant search, he stumbles upon Tejima Senpai, attempting magic tricks in her club room. Tejina-senpai has massive stage fright, however, and so now that she has an audience, her attempts are simply comedic. So, this is a short, like I said before, by uh, Leiden Films, which have done Yamada-kun and the Seven Witches and uh, Akashic Records. And uh, going going into this, since it's a short, uh, I always watch the shorts because they only take about 12-15 minutes at most to watch, and it's an ecchi, which is one of my favorite genres. So, I'll be uh, giving this one a shot. Classy. Always gotta love the etchy animes. Yep. The next up is the first one that we will both be watching. It is a 24-episode uh, show called Dr. Stone. Uh, Dr. Stone is being made by TMS Entertainment, which did Re-Life, D. Gray Man, and Orange. 
most recently. On one fateful day, all of humanity was petrified in a blinding flash of light. After several millennia, a high schooler, Taiju, awakens and finds himself in a world of statues. However, he is not alone. His science-loving friend, Senku, has been running around for a few months and has got a grand plan to kickstart civilization with the power of science. Now, what makes me really interested about Dr. Stone is that it is a Shonen Jump, and Shonen Jump uh, series recently have been on point. The last one recently that I watched was The Promised Neverland. So, anyone who's excited for science-based action is going to really love, really love Dr. Stone. How about you, Adam? What do you think about this one? I've heard nothing but good things from people so far. Like, people that have read the manga, keeping up with it, and from the sounds of it, like, it's just going to be an action-based adventure that looks sounds really fun. And it's not the typical, like, isekai like we'll be getting into later, so it's something a bit more unique. Absolutely. It's Bill Nye, the science guy of the anime. Alright, next up we have Fire Force. This is by the creator of Soul Eater. In the year 19... Sorry, 198 of the solar era in Tokyo, a special fire brigade are fighting against phenomenons called spontaneous human combustions, where humans are being turned into live infernals called infernals. While the infernals are the first generation cases of spontaneous human combustions, later generations possess the ability to manipulate flames while retaining a human form. Shira, a youth who gained the nickname the Devil's Footprint for his ability to ignite his feet at will, joins the Special Fire Force Company 8. Uh, this is being made by David Production, who, if you are familiar, does the JoJo series, and they also recently did Cells at Work. Uh, personally, I never saw Soul Eater, but Fire Force has a very, it's a very unique anime. Uh, nothing really has ever caught my attention, something similar to this, so I'm really looking forward to it. And there is a movie coming out that is very similar to this, so I'm going to see which type of firefighting anime I'm going to enjoy this season. Uh, as for myself, we got Are You Lost as our, the next one I'll be watching. It's another short, so another 12 to 15 minute series. It's by Nihon Ad Systems, which is a company that made Kirk on a Basket, Neon Genesis Evangelion, the Yu-Gi-Oh! series. They've been had their hands on a lot of work. So uh, the synopsis, because of a plane crash, starting today, we're spending the springtime of our lives on a desert island. There's nothing here, so we have to make everything and eat everything. Ugh. Check out our high school girl's survival story of courage and knowledge. We're actually doing pretty well. We learn how to eat cicadas, how to build traps, a simple allergy test, how to eat hermit crabs, etc. So this one seems like another just kind of, I don't know if it'll be etchy per se, but at least comedic girls trying to survive on a desert island while learning how to eat bugs and make traps. It just sounds like something pretty fun <laughs> to watch. It, it definitely caught my attention too. I think I'm going to be skipping it, but it does sound pretty good. Alright, the next one I will both be taking a look at is uh, How Heavy Are the Dumbbells You Lift? And uh, this one, let's see, this one was by Doga Kobos, Kobo, sorry, so uh, I'm not, they've done Plastic Memories and New Game, along with uh, Yuru Yuri and Gabriel Dropout, so you got kind of idea of the art style, it's going to be uh, kind of cute, but uh the, the synopsis of this one, Sakura Hibiki is your average high school girl with a vocarious appetite. Noticing her clothes tightening in lieu of her slowly expanding waistline, she decides to look into enrolling in a nearby gym. There, she runs into a girl from her grade named Soryuin Akami. Akami, who has a muscle fetish, tries to get Hibiki to enroll in the gym despite its high ratio of macho men. Thankfully, a beautiful trainer, Makio, appears and unknowingly convinces her to enroll and start her quest to a great body. So, the reason I picked this one is because I've actually been getting really into fitness lately. I used to be a wrestler back in high school, but I've gained a lot of weight since then, and so I've been hitting the gym and working on my appetite, and this anime is coming out at the absolute perfect time for me. Absolutely, and I, I'm the same way, also getting really into fitness, and this show is one of those very unique shows where... How can they make lifting dumbbells a good type of show? And it, just watching the two-minute preview, it looks super funny. Uh, it looks really good. And it's just, it's just a unique anime that I'm really looking forward to. 
Yeah, and like I said, the girls look absolutely adorable. If you've seen New Game or something, you know the kind of cutesy art style that it'll probably have. So absolutely, that, that, that's what interests me. And New Game is a fantastic show. If you haven't watched it, you should watch it. Next up, we have the Mains of the Savage Season. It's being done by Studio Lay Deuce, which is a pretty newer um, studio. Most notably, they did the Moggy series. If you watched it on Netflix, they also did the most recent terrible, terrible Fate Grand Order show. Uh, let's see. The girls in the high school literature club do a little icebreaker to get to know each other. One of the answering questions was, was one thing you want to do before you die? And one of the girls yells out, SEX! Little do they know, the whirlwind is unleashed in the world that it pushes between these girls. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this one for the sole reason that the director of this show did one of my favorite shows and one of Adam's favorite shows. And they did Toradora and Anohana. So yep. I'm just hoping that based off that fact that this show will be absolutely amazing. Uh, it's a recently newer studio, but they did do Moggy, and Moggy was pretty good. It, uh, like aesthetically, it did look pretty fine. So I have no issues with that and looking forward to it. The next one that I'll be checking out is, um, let's see, where did it go? Astro Lost in Space. There we go. It's by uh, Lurch, I believe is how they're studio is pronounced, but they've done um, Assassination Classroom, Scum's Wish, um, Danganronpa as well, so a good pedigree there. The synopsis of the year is 2061. When space travel is now possible and commercially viable, the students of Card High School embark on their planet camp. But soon after Group B, or sorry, Group B, B-5 arrive at their planetary campsite. A mysterious and unforeseen sentient light sphere warps its nine members into outer space, stranding them 5,012 light years away from their home planet. With the discovery of an old, unmanned spaceship nearby, the students must stay strong, manage their limited resources, and remain united in the darkness of space, so that all of them can survive their long and likely perilous trek back home aboard the Astra. So the reason this one interests me, again, I've heard a lot of good things from people who are anticipating it, so it immediately jumped to the top of my list, but it has that same kind of, like, sound that, um, what was it, uh, Are You Lost there had, where it's about a bunch of students lost trying to survive. So I'm interested to see whether they take the same kind of route and make a comedy out of it, or whether they'll go a more serious tone. I'm feeling this will be a more serious action sci-fi shown an adventure but uh we'll see right on next up we have will you please like hentai if it's cute a high school student who's whose year of not having a girlfriend at his age uh kaiki suddenly received a love letter he's really happy that he can finally have a girlfriend but is to surprise because not only is there no center name but it also includes a pair of white underwear the cute girls who are gathered with him all are weird but have their own separate reasons who is the Cinderella who sent the underwear? The mystery is called out, and the hentai is called out. <laughs> a feeling of love comedy that calls out the hentai. Uh, so this one is being made by a cross studio. It's made by Seven and Geek Toys Anime. So it looks like it's probably going to be a terrible production. But <laughs> every season I like to watch a etchy trash harem. And this is my etchy trash harem of the season. Um, it looks... All right. Uh, considering that two different studios are making this is iffy at best, so I'm going to expect that this is going to be like a five or six out of ten type of anime. But you know what? I'm still going to watch it, Adam. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty much the same thing you said. Like, I need to watch an etchy trash show, and this is my harem series for the season. I'm not expecting a lot out of it, but we'll see. <laughs> I know what you mean. All right. Uh, next up, we have Given. It looks like this is going to be a music-style show. That day, Ritsuka started to feel and play the guitar and play basketball, both of which he liked very much, were becoming very boring for him. Then he encounters Maifu, who is holding onto a broken the guitar and decides to fix it. That moment, uh, he finishes up fixing the guitar. Maifu becomes completely attracted to him. However, after hearing Maifu sing, it leaves a deep impression on him. This is being made by Studio Lerche, who also did Assassination Classroom, so it's previous to the one before. 
Uh, this one, it looks like it is a music romance, but it kind of has a, a gay element to it. So it's going to be a little interesting. Um, not many of those out that are like mainstream. So that's what kind of caught my attention. I think the last like mainstream uh, shonen AI or gay type of anime that I personally remember was Yuri on Ice, which I absolutely loved. Um, that one didn't really have a romance element to it, but this one looks like it does. So I kind of want to see how that transitions into an anime and see if it's any good. I'll definitely give it a chance. The one that I'll be checking out this season, Tri Nights, is also a potential uh, male-on-male romance anime. I'm not exactly sure, but uh, looking at the genres that it's listed in, it's a possibility. But it's made by Gonzo, who... You might know from Rosario Vampire, Welcome to the NHK, and Helsing. So, uh, good pedigree there. Uh, Riku Haruma enters high school without a future in sight. He sees people playing like monsters on the ground, jumping higher than anyone else, running faster, deciding to try to be their best. There, he sees Akira Karia playing rugby, a sport where he was once passionate about, but gave up due to his physique. While Akira is running roughly, Riku gives him a piece of advice without thinking. From that, Riku feels his dying passion for the sport set ablaze, and his future starts to brighten up. So a couple seasons ago, I watched um, a sumo wrestling anime, and I really liked it, even though I had no idea about sumo wrestling. And I don't know anything about rugby, and I know there was a previous rugby anime that people seem to like pretty much, so I decided to give this one a try, being a sports fan. So we'll see how it goes. Absolutely. The next one we have up is one that we are both watching and we both have very conflicting ideas on it. And it's called, If It's For My Daughter, I Would Even Defeat a Demon Lord. It is being done by Maho Film, which it looks like this is going to be their first anime that they are producing. Dale is a cool, composed, and highly skilled adventurer who made a name for himself despite his youth. One day, on a job deep in the forest, he comes across a little girl who is almost wasted away. Unable to leave her to die, Dale takes her home and becomes his adopted father. Now this girl, devil or not Latina, is beyond adorable. And the adventurer soon finds himself head over heels with being a parent. But why was she set out in the forest to begin with? And why does she seem to carry the mark of a criminal? Now, if this sounds familiar, you might remember a show back in the day called Bunny Drop or Usagi Drop, where... Something very similar, where it is a nice slice-of-life father-daughter anime, which turned for the worst. And this has that written all over it. So my goal is, or I really hope, is that they make one season of this show and never, never speak of it again. Adam, I think I think you have some thoughts on it as well. Alright, yeah. Um, Looking into it, like, you pointed out to me that it has this a similar ending to Usagi Drop and that that saddens me because that is definitely not the path I wanted this story to go on but I'm w- willing to watch it and see if they at least do a good part of the parenting aspect and once they get to that part where it's going to become creepy adult child thing where they just cut the show off at the head and don't continue with it like that it saddens me that it has to go that it's going to that direction but you know, if they end it early enough, it could still be a fun watch. Yep, I hope it's more sweetness and lightning and not uh, not bunny drop, and they just leave it as a father and daughter relationship. Alright, next up after that one is the second season of Takagi-san. Uh, it's being made by the same producers that made the last season. Uh, Takagi-san is a sequel which to a show that essentially is a cute boy picks on a... I'm oh, sorry, a cute girl picks on a cute boy for 12 episodes. And it's uh, it's pretty funny. It's like low-key romance because they're in like fourth grade or something. But it's just funny. Uh, Takagi is a really good character. Uh, it's definitely recommended if you've seen the first season or if you're looking for something like a really easy-to-watch show. This is a really easy-to-watch show. And I'm really looking forward to the second season. Uh, definitely think it's going to pick up more the first season was very lighthearted, so I'm really looking to see if the second season is a little more uh, a little bit more serious the next show that I will be checking out is called The Ones Within Genome it was produced by Silverlink is the studio behind it, Kokoro Connect Baka Detest uh, 
Chivalry of a Failed Knight, some of their previous works. The synopsis is, Iride Akatsuki has unlocked hidden content in the game he's playing, the one within Genome, and it turns out that the content is a real-life game. He soon wakes up to find that he's been kidnapped and taken to a strange place along with a number of other teammates. Each of them specialize in certain sorts of games, like cultivation games, fighting games, puzzle games, etc. A llama-headed teacher gathers them all at level 1 to cl is cleared to explain how the game will proceed. Will this group of gamers succeed and make it back to their real lives? So the reason this interests me, it seems like it's kind of a... Um, not horror, but a drama series based around video games, and as a big video game fan, I'm all for that. It has kind of an isekai feel, but I feel like they're, it's more of just like one of those survival game style shows, more so than a trapped in another world. Yeah, it definitely looks interesting. Uh, next up is probably the most popular show in terms of how many people are going to watch it, which is the second season of Is It Wrong to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon Season 2. Uh, it's being made by JC Staff, which is one of the powerhouses of anime. They made shows such as Toradora, uh, Food Wars, Mao-sama, or sorry, Maid-sama, uh, and the current season of One Punch Man. So not the first season, unfortunately. Uh, it's definitely just a, it's a... There's a movie also coming out, which I think is just a side story. But this one is going to be the continuation of season one. I don't think any part of this... There's also a side series that was on Amazon Prime Video, which was not that good. Uh, I don't know if that's going to have any part of it involved. I think it's just going to be based off the main storyline of season one. I know, personally, Adam is probably more excited than I am. Oh, I yeah. thought the first season was just alright. I didn't think it did anything special, but there was some really good parts to it, and I'm I really like to see when Bell gets more powerful to see how the show changes. Yeah, I'm actually really excited for this. I loved Sword Oratoria. I played the Don Machi game for like the first six months after it released, basically nonstop at the detriment to my work. So I'm I've seen kind of the content from the movie that's come up from the game, but I'm really excited for this season and uh, see what it's gonna bring for Bell and uh, the rest of his uh, group. Yep, I think this is going to be one, either the number one or number two show of the season, just in terms of popularity. For sure. The next series that we are both watching is From Commonplace to World's Strongest. This one is done by White Fox and Azreed. White Fox is known for Steins Gate, ReZero, and A Comic A Kill. As read by for Mirai Nikki and Corpse Party and Shuffle, another one of my favorites, though I don't think it gets as much respect as that deserves. But anyway, the synopsis of this one: 17-year-old Hijumi Nagamo is your average everyday otaku. However, his simple life of pulling all-nighters and sleeping in school is suddenly turned upside down when he, along with the rest of his class, is summoned to a fantasy world. They're treated like heroes and tasked with the duty of saving the human race from utter extinction. But what should have been any otaku's wet dream quickly turns into Hijume's nightmare. While the rest of his class are blessed with godlike powers, Hijume's job, Synergist, only has a single transmutation skill. Ridiculed and bullied by his class for being weak, he soon finds himself in despair. Will he be able to survive its dangerous world of monsters and demons? with only a glorified blacksmith level of strength. So the reason this one really intrigues me, and I don't know about you, but I loved Shield Hero. And this sounds very similar in premise to where the main character is weak and ridiculed and basically like the lowest of the low and has to climb up from the bottom in a isekai setting. And that just, that's exactly the type of show I like to watch for a popcorn show. Yep, I think we, next episode we will definitely be discussing Shield Hero a little bit more, but this is definitely Shield Hero the Anime Part 2. Um, I'm def I mean, I'm Isekai Trash, so I will definitely watch this. I have no issues with it. Uh, I, to me, it's probably going to be an alright show. I think a lot of people are going to, I think most people are going to really, really like this show, because I think most people really, really like Shield Hero. 
So I'm definitely going to give it a shot and see where it goes from there. Next up, uh, we have another Isekai trash show that we're both watching called Isekai Cheat. It's being made by Encourage Films. Uh, pretty newer studio. I would say newer, but maybe not as a predominant studio. They did a Symphogear uh, season, looks like. Uh, as a regular high school student, Taichi and Rin are disappeared in a beam of light. When they come to, the two of them are already in a world of sword and magic. Sounds familiar. Finally getting away after experiencing an attack by monsters. Following the suggestion of other adventurers, they headed on a path towards the guild. Sounds like Konosuba. In the guild, the two of them found out that they are possessed unbelievably with powerful magic. Thus, the regular high school student transformed into the strongest cheats. I really hope this is like a satire, even though I know it's not... It's not says it's a, a satire. I think it's actually going to be filmed as a serious isekai show. But how that how that synopsis is read, it sounds like Konosuba. So I just really hope it's Konosuba, even though I know it's not going to be. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. It sounds like something Konosuba would do, but... I, I feel like it's probably going to be more like smartphone, where yep. they <laughs> where they try to take it seriously and it just comes off as bad. Yep. I, I honestly I was getting like in another world with my smartphone. Um, there was another one that was pretty similar to like that where this is if you need that if you have that isekai trash itch and you need to feed it, this is the show for you. Uh, yep. It honestly just looks like an extremely average isekai show. But, I mean, I'm going to watch it, so... Yeah, the next one we have is another isekai. You're in the freaking isekai block here. <laughs> uh, it's It has a very long title, so I'm just going to call it Multi-Hit Mom. But the alternative title for English is Do You Like Your Mom? Her normal attack is two attacks at full power, Okasan Online. That name is just absolutely absurd. But uh, it's done by JC Staff. Toradora again, uh, Don Machi, Pet Girl of Sakuratsu. So, the synopsis. Just when Mas Masato thought that a random survey conducted in the school was over, he got involved in a secret government scheme. As he was carried along with the flow, he ended up in a game, in a game world. As if that wasn't enough, shockingly, his mother was there as well. It was a little different from a typical transported to another world setting. But after some bickering, Mom wants to go on adventure together with Makun. Can Mom become Makun's companion? With that, Masato and Mamako began their adventure as a mother and son pair. They met Porta, a cute traveling merchant, and Wise, a regrettable philosopher. Along with their new party members, Masato and company start on their journey. This is another one that I feel like is just going to be isekai trash that I'm watching just because it's an isekai and I'm isekai trash as well yeah there's a few things that stood out to me why I actually would be interested in watching it one JC staff is making it two I don't see a romance tag on it so I'm very happy about that uh, <laughs> and but this all this is like going to be H I think this is gonna be like another thing like isekai cheat I think this is gonna be like in a world with my smartphone but like an HD I think it's just it's gonna look way better than those other isekai trash shows but it's still gonna be that but yeah, you know what maybe I'm wrong and I'm gonna give it a shot yeah we'll see how it turns out it definitely will look good JC Stad's pretty good with their work so the last one we have today is one that I'll be watching by myself it seems like Mausama Retry this one is by Studio Akachi Apilka, I think. I can't, I'm not sure if that's right, but uh, they've only done one other series, and that was Fumikiri Jinkin, which I am not familiar with, unfortunately, but there you go. The synopsis is Ono Akira, a working adult that can be found anywhere, was transported to a different world while logged into a character known as Demon Lord in a game he manages. There, he meets a girl with a disabled leg and they begin to travel together, but there's no way that others will leave a demon lord with such overwhelming strength alone. While being targeted by countries and saints that are trying to subdue the demon lord, they cause turmoil wherever they go. Demon lord on the outside, normal person on the inside. A misunderstanding type of fantasy. 
So for me, this one kind of reminded me of Overlord, and there was another series, which at the moment I'm forgetting the name of, that involved a guy being teleported into a game as a demon lord, and that one was more of an etchy series. Well, this one seems like another isekai, basic isekai show, action, adventure, that uh, should be fun to watch. If it's bad, I'll drop it, but this one is probably the one I am the least looking forward to out of the bunch that we've listed here today. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, yeah, just one of those things where there's so much Isekai this season that I kind of need to pick and choose, and this one's left off my list. And Absolutely. Now, yep, and now there's a few shows that are continuing that I will be watching and Adam will also be watching, give our insights. Uh, the first one is Black Clover, which I believe is going to be running for about 140-plus episodes, and we're on about 86, 87. So this one's going to be going into a few more series. Um... For, in terms of, like, action battle shonen shows, it's gotten significantly better. Uh, I'm really intrigued to see where it keeps going. It definitely got my interest after about episode 45, where it turned into from a bad show to a pretty good show. So if you're into that type of thing, I'd definitely check out uh, Black Clover. Uh, finishing up in the season, uh, summer season is going to be Demon Slayer, which is a 24-episode. It's gone through 12 episodes in the spring season. This is a fantastic show. Uh, the animations are brilliant. Uh, Nezuko is probably going to be nominated for Best Girl. She is a fantastic character. And the, the brother-sister action combat series that we got going on right now is fantastic. And I cannot recommend it enough. It's one of, one of the only jewels of the spring 2019 season. So, continuing on, we have Fairy Tale, the final season of that. It will actually be the final core if I've looked, if I'm right about this. I'm pretty sure this is the last 13 episodes they'll be doing. So, this will finally wrap up Fairy Tale. This is a show I've been watching, I can't even tell you how long now. It's been hundreds and hundreds of episodes, but it's definitely fallen off in the last few seasons, ever, probably since the Grand Magic Games tournament or so, but it's a show that I've been watching for a long time and feel like it's still a pretty good show. It's your typical shonen, so if you like shows like Dragon Ball Z and stuff, it's not a bad show. And last of the continuing series into the summer 2019 series for me is Carolyn Tuesday. It is a music show. Sorry, music like slice of life drama show. Uh, it started back in spring 2019. It's kind of Unknown because it's only being streamed on Netflix Japan, but it's being animated by Bone Studio, which does My Hero Academia. I could not recommend this enough. We'll be, I'll be diving more into it the, pre, the next episode, but it's one of the shows that I will also be checking out. Next, we're going to be transitioning into the movies that are coming out in 2019. Adam, do you want to kick it off with us? Uh, sure, we have. The first one that we'll be having is Konosuba. There actually is no synopsis on this one at the time of recording, so what it is exactly, the story behind it, we're not exactly sure, but we can at least assume that it's going to take place after the events of the first season, possibly between this uh, before the upcoming season or after it, but at the moment there isn't a lot to go on. Alright, I'm going to chime in real quick. I... I, there, since there's no synopsis, it's just a guess. And I'm going to guess that it's taking place after the next part of the light novel, which is where they travel to Megumin and Union's homeland. That would make sense, um, yeah. I don't know how much they're adapting into the movie since they adapted, I think there's eight chapters of the light novel that were adapted for season one and two. So if I had to take a guess, I think this is going to be about two chapters of the light novel for about an hour and a half movie. Yep. Uh, that's as good a guess as any. I'm not exactly sure where it would fall. So yes. Uh, the uh, next one we have is uh, the 14th movie for One Piece. One Piece movie 14 Stampede. And again, there's no synopsis as of yet. And as far as I know, neither one of us is caught up on One Piece. So that's true. It's it's a show that's airing in Japan along with Konosuba. So. This, along with the next like five or six shows that we mentioned, are airing in Japan. They're not going to be over here in the States as of yet. They will, or some of them will eventually, but for right now, we don't know anything about One Piece or Konosuba. 
The only thing I know about the One Piece movie is there's a guy I follow on Twitter who is pretty informative in the anime scene and the manga scene, and he cannot stop raving about this movie. So I'm assuming if you like One Piece, you are going to absolutely love Stampede. I'm willing to bet One Piece, from what I hear, is absolutely great. It's just something that's too long for me to get into right now. Absolutely, and I don't read the manga, so I'm not watching 860 episodes of a show. Exactly. Uh, next up, we have Weathering Into You. This is the new movie directed by the guy who did Your Name. Uh, it's the movies about a boy and a girl and their destiny baffled during an era where balance of the weather gets messy. A high school student who ran out of their house in an island away from Japan meets another guy and a girl with a mysterious power who can make the weather sunny just by praying. So I'm going to assume that this is going to have a supernatural element, kind of like your name did as well. Uh, it, it's it's slice of life drama, romance, fantasy, so it sounds like your name. It's being directed by the guy who did your name. So if it's anything like your name, this movie is going to be absolutely amazing. Yeah, I loved Your Name. Kimi no Noah is one of my favorite anime movies last year. Actually, it probably might be my favorite in the last couple of years. So, Silent Voice is better. I loved a Silent Voice, too. <laughs> just, I just rewatched it again this weekend because it came on Netflix. So, I, I have no problem with a Silent Voice, but I, Your Name, I think I watched four times in theaters and then owned it, owned it on a Collector's Edition. So I, I love that movie. I'll love this one, too, I'm sure. Absolutely. Uh, the next one we're getting into is the Nino Kuni movie, and I've played both Nino Kuni games, and I absolutely love them. I love the world of Nino Kuni, so if you're like me and you're a fan of those, you'll probably want to check this movie out. It's about a high schooler named Yu and his friend Haru who get involved in a case involving his childhood friend Kotona, which forces them into a, sorry, which forces them to go back and forth between another world that is different but in somewhat similar to their own world, Nino Kuni. The real world in Nino Kuni, when Kotona's life is at in danger... So, sorry, I missed something there. So, okay, the real world in Nino Kuni, when Kotona's life is in danger, what's the ultimate choice the three of them have to make to, in Nino Kuni to save her? So, it's if you saw or if you played the Nino Kuni games, you probably have a general idea of what this is going to be. Uh, it what The original game was done by with help from Studio Ghibli, so it has that really beautiful art style. This, Unfortunately, the movie is not done by Ghibli, but they're copying that kind of aesthetic. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have... I'm going to go through a few of these pretty quick here. The Violet Evergarden movie, no synopsis, no pictures really of the movie. Uh, not sure if this is going to be... I don't think it's going to be a sequel. I think it's either going to be a side story or a recap movie. Just like the free movie that's coming out is just a recap movie. Yep. Uh, yeah. So I, if I had to take a guess, it's probably going to be a recap movie of the show. Uh, we have the new Pokemon movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back Evolution, which is essentially a re- it's a retelling of the original Mewtwo Strikes Back, but with a much different art style. I'm not so sure that I'm sold on it. Eh. But you know, it's a Pokemon movie. I love Pokemon. I'll probably go watch it. Yep. And I think you might know a little bit more about the King's Avatar movie. Yes, the King's Avatar movie. Now, this is a prequel to the King's Avatar anime, which was based on a Chinese light novel, but essentially it's about the main character as he um, becomes a pro for the first time before he retires before the start of the original season. It's a prequel movie, essentially, to the King's Avatar Right on. And then we have the Bang Dream movie. Uh, never was a fan of Bang Dream. To be honest, I never even watched it. I watched nope. Love Live, and that's enough idle anime for me. Yeah, I don't know anything about it. There's no synopsis. It's probably... If it follows the other two Bang Dream movies, it will just be the telling of one of the multiple bands in the Bang Dream universe, their story. So. Yep. Yep. And then uh, Dragon Quest, it's based off the game. I don't know the storylines at all, so I, I believe this is the fifth movie, so there's I'm not going to watch this one. Yeah, it's based on Dragon Quest V, so if you've played Dra- the Dragon Quest games, you know Hand of the Heavenly Bride, then it's that story. Nothing, uh, nothing unique there. Yeah. Uh, the next three movies that we have, though, are probably a bit more interesting because they're coming to the U.S., and these will be in the U.S. in the next... 
The first two will be in July. The last one, I don't remember. Is it September? I believe. I believe. I believe it's some. Yeah, either summer or early uh, fall. But uh, the first one is Sound Euphonium, the movie. It takes place after season two, and it's just a continuation of the Sound Euphonium story. So if you followed Sound Euphonium and the first and second season, uh, you'll probably be interested in checking out Sound Euphonium, the movie. Yep, and this look, the Sound Euphonia movie, I believe you need to watch it in order to watch the third season as well, because this is the ending of their second year, and yes. I believe season three is the beginning of their third year. So this is one where it's two seasons of a show, a movie that's not a side thing, like it's an actual part of the story, and then followed by the third season. Yes. So it, not many shows, if any shows, have done something kind of like this, unless... You know one off the top of your head, but this this one's a little different where if you're a fan of the show and you like it, you kind of have to see the movie. Yeah, and if you're also a fan of the show, they did just have a side story. Liz and the Bluebird as well is in that same universe. So that's more of the side story, not a direct continuation, but yep. Yep, and then along with the se- season two of Is It Wrong to Pick Up a Girl in Dungeon, we have the movie... Uh, this one definitely looks like it's just like a side story. Uh, I don't have the synopsis up here, but if it's anything that I can think of is Belle goes on a quest and runs into cute girls. Yeah, pretty much is the uh, event. It's another. It's a side story of Don Machi, so if you're a fan of that, you'll probably want to check this movie out. That's going to be in theaters in July. And then the last one we have is Promare. Which, do you know a lot about what this is about? Or do so, you- this is why I was interested in Fire Force. Because Promare is something very, very similar. Is From my understanding is, they're firefighters, uh, and they are fighting essentially human infernals. Okay. Um, it's being made by Trigger, so... Yes. I mean, Gurren Lagann, Kill a Kill, uh, t- kind of technically Darling in the Franks... Little Witch Academia, like, it's tr- it's anything trigger you're going to give a chance. And it, since it's a movie, and it's going to be in theaters in the United States, I will 100% be checking it out. But I'm definitely intrigued to see what is going to be more... What's going to be the better firefighting movie of the season? Is it going to be the one that's made by Trigger? Or is it going to be the one that was the original... Or the same, like, art style and creator of Soul Eater? So, depends on... The story and everything like that, obviously, it has that supernatural element where things can go crazy at any point, and it's trigger, so it's... Promare is definitely going to be over-the-top everything, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. Yeah, absolutely, and if you look at the art style, like, the main character looks like Kamina from Gurren Lagann. I he absolutely love... Looks exactly <laughs> like Kamina. <laughs> I absolutely... Oh, sorry about that. I absolutely love that. It looks... It looks great, and... You know, you gotta trust Trigger with whatever they do, even if they disappoint you sometimes. Absolutely. Next, we will be diving into the news around anime, and nothing has made more news in anime than the release of Neon Genesis Evangelion onto Netflix. For someone like me who has never seen Neon Genesis and is watching it for the first time, I was thrilled that I could finally watch it on a streaming site. However, for those who have seen it, some of the changes Netflix made had the internet up in flames. Abs, would you please please do me the honor as someone who has seen it in its entirety and go over the changes and what it means to you. So, for those of you who have not seen Neon Genesis Evangelion, it's a 1995 anime directed by the series creator Hideaki Anno. It's considered one of the most influential pieces of anime from the 1990s and is held in very high regard by the anime community for its themes, psychological elements, and complex narrative. On June 21st, Netflix re-released the series to North America. However, this was not without changes. These changes were to the script, redubbing the cast, and removing the iconic ending theme, Fly Me to the Moon, by Bart Howard. And this has many anime fans quite upset, as you said. As of the recording of this podcast, Netflix has not given an explanation for these changes, and so a lot of the reasoning as I give is purely speculation. When it comes to the redubbing and removal of Fly Me to the Moon, my best guess is that this was due to a monetary issue, and Netflix felt that whatever return on investment they would get was not worth them rehiring the cast or getting the rights to Fly Me to the Moon. 
So I feel like that's just a monetary thing. I don't know if there's a lot we can really do about that. But as for the changing of the original dub and its translation, because they were going to have to make a new one because they don't own the rights to it, this is where the bigger concern was. So as lots of anime fans pointed out on the internet, one of the biggest changes was to some dialogue that changed the context of the relationship between main character Shinji and Kaoru. At one point, Kaoru tells Shinji that he's in love with him in the original translation. However, this is changed to him just saying that he likes Shinji in the Netflix dub. And at the service, this doesn't seem like a really big change, but when the, con- the conversation goes on, uh, in the new translated version, Kaoru says that Shinji was worthy of his grace and not that he was in love with him. And this changes the potential homosexual subtext that was throughout the original series. And this has made a lot of people very upset as they feel it's a form of an attack against the LGBT community and that this was done out of some kind of uh, censorship or something. So, as for myself, I feel like this is definitely not a path they should have taken. To many, they feel like this uh the the people that are defending the change feel like this translation is actually more accurate to the original uh Japanese uh dubbing of the show where the words suki were used to describe their relationship which does mean like if you translate it into English if they wanted to say the word love they would have used ai or daisuki instead which they didn't so it w- is a more accurate translation However, the subtext that so many people have grown up and are used to for this in many since the 1990s has been changed and a lot of people are not happy with it. Myself included, I feel like it wasn't something that had to be changed. But uh Netflix felt like in for to be more accurate, that was the right thing to do. I don't necessarily agree, but uh what do you think, Pete? Okay, I just want to chime in since I'm only halfway through the series and I haven't gotten to this part yet. So, you were playing devil's advocate in terms of saying ski actually means like instead of love, but if you watch 90% of anime and it's subbed, if they say ski, the original thing, or like, it comes to my mind is love and not like. Even though if it does mean, actually does mean like, I think most people just assume it's going to be love. If you've ever watched an, uh, like a romance anime, they always say they do say Daisuke, but they do say Ski most of the time. Yeah. But my question to you is that since you have seen it, and take out the actual text and wording, does he actually love Shinji in the show? Like, if you were to watch it, you'd be like, yes, he loves him, not likes him. It's without spoiling things for you. It's kind of hard to you can spoil nail it, down. I'm, I'm already aware of what happens. So, I, I feel, I feel yes, that he does. Like, I feel like there is a intended romantic relationship between the two. And I think the biggest issue with the whole change is actually more on the second, ch- second major change that I mentioned where they, I don't even, I might not even even said it. Well, there was another change in there where Shinji, while describing the whole, how, what Kaoru said to him, he says... Kaoru said I was worthy of his grace in the new translation. In the old translation, it was, Kaoru said he loved me. This was the first time anyone ever told me they loved me. So the dynamic of the relationship is changed between, like, a person of higher power looking down on Shinji to them being equals. And I think in their relationship, it could be read either way, but the way I read it was Kaoru does see Shinji as his equal. He d- isn't looking down on him, and he does love him. Okay. And so, so, for me, that is a direct change in the subtext of the show, and that's where I totally understand where people are upset. The act, the first translation where they changed like to love, that's ticky-tacky. That, that doesn't bother me as much as the what it affects going down the road. So, in the original... Uh, sub, he says that this is the first time that someone's ever told me that they loved me, correct? You said? Yes. Okay, so 
Okay, so it does make it seem like the word love is very prominent and a very important word in the relationship. Yes, because it's, it's key for who Shinji is. Like, yes. nobody cares about Shinji. His own father saying, get in the fucking robot. Yes. Is, like, one of the most important or, like, one of the most commented lines on the internet, right? If not so, the most. Yeah, so it's Shinji being useless to everybody is part of who he is, except to Kaoru. And that love was very important. At least the way I see it. I'm not going to say everyone has to agree with me and see it the way I do, but that's just how I see it. Absolutely. And for the removal of the Fly Me to the Moon at the ending, how big of a deal is that to somebody who has seen the original? To me, I, it's not that big a deal. Like, a lot of the times I'm skipping the openings and endings anyway to get on to the next yeah. episode. And I can understand Netflix not wanting to spend more money. But if you're, if Netflix, or sorry, if Neon Genesis is your favorite anime of all time, you probably feel a bit differently than I do as someone who just enjoyed it. So you know? if, if they removed Cruel Angel's thesis, you think that would be like that, that would be something completely different? Because that's one the, of the most iconic, even yeah, just that Japanese for me would songs be, in general, not even anime openings. It's the most sung karaoke song in twenty eight, or sorry, twenty seventeen in Japan. So like. Cruel Angel's thesis has a huge importance on just Japan's culture in general, not even anime, but just music in general. And that, that would like, be a completely different thing. Yes. And like you said, it's because of the popularity of it. That is a staple to the show. Well, mm. at the same time, if you ask someone who loves Neon Genesis Evangelion, like my buddy Jim, it's it, it's just as much of Fly Me to the Moon is just as much of a staple, so Okay, but, and the, yeah. I didn't watch the original. So, "Fly Me to the Moon" is that's the English song, correct? I believe, if I remember right, that's both. That's is it sung in English or Japanese? It's sung in English in both versions. The song okay. end up. Okay, so do you think that but has any importance? That the fact that it was sung in English does that maybe like the licensing rights cost more for a yeah. English song than a Japanese song? Oh, probably. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me if it was. Okay. Uh, have the changes in the show deterred you from rewatching it at all? No, the changes absolutely not. Like I will rewatch it just because actually it probably gave me more of a reason to watch it just so I can compare the the two scenes and just see how everything that's been changed throughout the whole thing. Because this is just one of many, many, many changes. It's an entirely new script, essentially. Same and context, but. Did word. you watch so the original in sub or dub? I watched the original. I think the first part of it I watched subbed, and then when I rewatched it after watching the first like half, I rewatched it dub. All right. And what do you have plans of watching the dub? So far, I heard that it is fine, but I heard I also heard the original dub is fantastic. So, do you have any plans on watching it in either dub or sub? I'll probably rewatch it dub if I given the chance because I normally when I'm watching anime I try to game at the same time so I like to be able to understand what's being said and not have all my attention drawn but if I'm going to be sitting down on the couch then sub will be fine too most likely I'll watch dub though alright and do you have any other closing arguments or anything you want to talk about about the Neon Genesis news um just really want to say like it really is a matter of interpretation I don't think people are wrong for being upset and I don't think people who are just like, well, it's more accurate, are wrong either. I think it's what the show meant to you and what you took out of it. You're going to feel differently about some of these changes. And it's totally understandable. And I think if Netflix does hear some of this, uh, we'll call it outrage, maybe they'll go back and they'll just fix the translation, at least in the subtitled version. Even if they can't, don't want to go back and fix the dub, at least they could go back and change the subtitles or something. That would be a nice, at least we understand where you're coming from, and try to make good on, on this controversy. Yeah, absolutely. I think redoing a dub after it's already been like vocalized would be a little hard, but changing a subtitle would not require too much effort, I would think, especially the resources Netflix has. Exactly. All right. Following that segment, we have our question block from our adoring fans. 
Have a question you want answered on the podcast or possibly a discussion topic Adam and I should discuss? Email us at whatdoyousayanime at gmail.com or contact us on Twitter at whatdoyousayannie, that's whatdoyousayani. The first question comes from Discord user Overhaul89. What was your first anime? What was the first one that convinced you anime was cool to you and you personally liked? Alright. My first anime... It's really hard to remember looking back, but it was most likely something along the lines of Pokemon or Dragon Ball Z. Watching, like, after school, right when I'd get home from elementary school. I spent so many hours in front of the TV watching that kind of stuff. Sailor Moon, Yu-Gi-Oh! Just anything I could get my hands on. Uh, and the first anime that convinced me that anime was cool was my favorite anime of all time, Yu Yu Hakusho. And for me, I was staying up late watching it on Toonami, trying to catch it whenever I could because I thought the idea of like a middle school delinquent that was fighting demons was the coolest thing ever. And I freaking loved Yusuke so much that to this day, it's still one of my favorite shows. For me, I'm ble- pretty sure my first anime ever, was, like most people, was probably Pokemon. Uh, watching it on Saturday morning cartoons, it definitely was a staple of my childhood. The first anime, though, that was cool to me was Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I was randomly watching one of the later episodes on Toonami when I was like a teenager at like 2.30 in the morning. Not knowing what it was, I was like, wow, this is nuts. And I watched the entire series... But I never really got into anime after that until I started working with a buddy of mine and we watched Food Wars during lunch. And that opened the floodgates for me to anime. So in terms of cool as Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, but what really got me was surprisingly Food Wars. <laughs> That's an interesting one. I like that. So uh, next question is coming from uh, user Brandon. He asks, why do so many anime get... Re- not get renewed for more seasons. There's always a lot of new shows, but not a lot of renewals. Why is that? I think I can answer the question. Uh, Most animes are made to boost the sales of either the light novel or the manga. So, if a show makes a lot of money and based off manga or light novel sales, it's more likely to get uh, like a second season. If there are a few where the anime is great and the light novels and manga sell like hotcakes and they still don't get uh, renewal, such as like No Game No Life, where everybody is still anxiously awaiting season two of that, but I don't know if we will ever get it. Do you have any input on that one? Yeah, that's pretty much what you said. It's to they're normally made anime is normally made to bol- bolster the sales of manga and light novels, and if they're not a big hit or they don't sell enough of the source material, there's very little reason for them to invest in another season, even if the anime is doing really well. And it's a lot, I'm going to guess, a lot to do with how much more it costs to produce an anime than it does to produce a light novel and the amount of money they make get kicked back for those light novel and manga sales. Yep, just the return on investment is much higher on manga and light novels, so if they don't think they're going to make a lot of money off of it, they probably won't put a lot of money into it. The next question comes from a good buddy of mine, Eskender. He says, what are the most important aspects of an anime that you consider when recommending an anime to a first-time viewer? All right, for me, the first thing I want to do is I want to get them started slow. I don't want them to have to jump into a long-running series or a series that's really convoluted. So I try to aim actually for a movie of some kind first. So I... For example, with my family and friends, I recommended things like uh, Your Name, A Silent Voice, uh, I Want to Eat Your Pancreas, whenever that comes out would be a big recommendation for me. Just things that you can consume in like an hour and a half, and it doesn't require a big investment. Also, something that isn't action-based, because for a lot of people, something that's relatable and emotional like slice of life story is a lot easier to get into than probably something that's a lot more like over the top action that you're going to have to spend long time investing in character development. Yep. Uh, for me, my, the first thing I consider, especially if it's their first time is, is the dub good? And how I, 
So, for instance, I recently got my mom to watch A Silent Voice, and I told her that she probably wouldn't watch it if it was in Japanese, but if the dub was good in English, she might enjoy it. So, thankfully, Netflix got A Silent Voice, and they have the dub. So my mom watched it, and now she... I don't know if she'll ever watch an anime again, but she definitely did like a silent voice. So I'm going to try to convince her. Like you said, I think movie is the go-to. Uh, so I recommend a silent voice. Next one I always recommend is also Your Name. Like, let's be real, it's the most popular too, and the most recent memories that m- appeal to the masses, I would say. Yeah. And if they have a good dub, I think it's the best way to reach a newer audience. Yep, absolutely agree with you there. So, final question, and this one comes from user Marine. Food Wars sucks. Do you agree? <laughs> that <Classic>. is <laughs> a very relevant question. Uh, personally, <laughs> I do not think Food Wars sucks. I think Season 3 was all right. But I, th- I take for shows for what they are. It is a etchy show where people have orgasms over eating food. And if you make that look good and sound good and it's a and the story itself is I mean it's about people having orgasms eating food if you make it somewhat decent and funny I'm going to like it so I feel like if you read the manga you don't get that experience so for me since I don't read manga I think Food Wars is above average yeah I actually really enjoyed Food Wars the first two seasons especially like you said I feel the third season definitely started uh take a turn downhill but I still enjoyed it I can't speak from the manga because I have not read it and I don't know anyone who has but uh, I absolutely love Food Wars it's a it's a, I guess a guilty pleasure of mine you'd say just absolutely. like eating too much food yeah alright so that wraps up our question block from the audience this next portion we call is called off the cuff where I am going to ask Am a question and Am is going to ask me a question that we have no knowledge of whatsoever what the other person is thinking. So I will go first. Adam, it is a running joke in order to be a full-fledged weeb that you need to do two things. And that is complete Neon Genesis Evangelion and finish an idol anime. (laughs) What do you feel is more important of the two to fully grasp the culture of anime? Oh, wow. Which is more important? Oh, if you want to be a full-fledged weave, it's idol anime for sure. But to just be, to just go out there and say like you're a fan of anime and you're involved in the culture, it would be Neon Genesis Evangelion, and that's because that show like laid the groundwork for so many shows to come after that, and the amount of like how deep a show can actually be, like how much it can make you think, besides just being a fun show that you watch and you turn off and never think about again. As for being a weeb, if you want to go full-fledged and dive into anime or weeb culture or whatever you want to call it headfirst, being able to like say that you've watched all of Love Live and have your favorite, or not just Love Live, but any idol anime, I'll use Love Live for ex- myself as an example, being able to pick your favorite idols, sing your favorite songs, know the dances, and just be able to be like decide you're going to go over to Japan for a for a concert or something <laughs> like that's when you know you full-fledged dove into the you're a full-fledged weeb at that point you know it and you embrace it so okay. i guess that's my answer so it, the answer that ab is saying is everyone should watch love live if you want to be a weeb <laughs> yeah pretty much or at least some type of big idol anime yeah yeah all right and so here's my question for you peter what is a show that everyone raves raves about that you just cannot get into? Not that you necessarily feel it's bad, but you just can't get into it yourself. I think the most easy scape out answer is going to be Sword Art Online. I don't... Actually, okay, I'm not going to do the scape out answer, because the scape out answer is... or Sorry, scapegoat answer is Sword Art Online. Everybody, in terms of the majority, let's just say you have the Mal ranking, it's like above an 8, which is very good. And I rank it as a 4, and I think the best Sword Art Online um, series is the Gun Gale Alternative, which is a side story that's not even... It's just in the universe of Sword Art Online. But I think 
what I I think most people have this ranked super high is the Monogatari series. Yes. Okay. Um, one of I think in the top ten of Mal is one of the Monogatari's like season two. I believe it's ranked above a nine, and I'm currently watching Monogatari season two, and it's it's fine. Uh, the characters are fine. The story's fine. The romance is fine. The comedy is above average. But when people rave that it's their favorite series, it's their favorite show, I just don't get it. I find every episode, it's a girl has a problem, this guy fixes the problem. Next episode, or next arc, this girl has a problem, this guy solves, the same guy solves the problem. And it's just, it's just a constant cycle of the same thing with different people, but the main character still, like, saving the day. And to me, it's just something I can't, I wish it was a little bit more unique. I'm assuming as it goes on, it does change, but I think I've watched... This is the third series, so I'm probably like 30-plus episodes in total of the jo- of the series, and I've been watching this season for four months, and I can't finish 26 episodes. I think I'm on like episode 17, so it's just <laughs> one of those series where I cannot... I'm not going out of my way to watch it, even though some people think it's this glorified king of the hill type of show and oh and the other one is even though i know it's this season is great is attack on titan i thought season one was not good at all and i i, I had no interest in watching season two people told me season two is much worse than season one and that for that reason i stopped watching even though i heard this season of attack on titan is game changing it's currently ranked second on mal so I will eventually get around to it, but it's just one of those series where it's like I just could not get into it the way other people could. I I can totally understand both those answers. Like I have friends that rave about both of those shows, so I definitely understand its popularity. Absolutely. That wraps up our first episode of What Do You Say Anime. In our next episode, we will be discussing and reviewing the finishing spring season, and an overall recap of the half-year mark of seasonal anime. We will also be continuing answering the community's questions you have for us, any anime-related news, and any updates previously discussed. Have a question? Want to hear a particular subject discussed? Do you want to purchase feed pics or previously used underwear? You can contact us at whatdoyousayanime at gmail.com or contact us on Twitter at whatdoyousayannie. That's whatdoyousayani. Adam, where can the masses find you? You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Betcher, that's A-D-A-M-B-E-T-T-C-H-E-R. On Twitch at twitch.tv slash fatalotaku, all one word. And at Instagram at adambomb underscore the underscore fatal underscore otaku. And if you want to follow me, you can also find my Twitch at twitch.tv slash don't sweat. That's three T's. Or on Twitter, don't sweat with three T's. All links will be in the description. Thank you for listening to episode one of What Do You See Anime, and we'll see you next time.